0: So, as I get my tablet together here, you notice I got on a nice little little, little suit today. But, but, let me give you the backstory. story. The enemy did not want this to happen. I went and got me a, a suit, the suit coat wasn't ready. Didn't get my pants tailored in time. And I was like, you know, let me just throw on some jeans and a little shirt or something, right? And all I could think about it was the last time I ministered and my dad was like brother what you got on so then he gave me a shirt that didn't fit that I had to wear out here and that was in my mind I was like you know what I'm gonna wear this I don't care if the hem is way down here I'm gonna wear this today but uh I am here I'm happy to be here I'm glad that you all are here this is good this is good this is good practice uh, I hope that y'all are wearing some good shoes uh because I'm going to step on some toes today. Okay, let's just get right on into it. Actually, let me take a breath. <laughs> when we was in the, the office. My, I was good. I was prepared to minister. And then my dad was like, let me pray for you. And he was like, let the anointing that's on me be on you. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting palpitations. I'm like, man. So now I'm just, I wasn't prepped for this. Like, give me a minute. Give me a minute. I'm all right. <laughs> so, all right. ah, man, tell me about it. cold but you're hot and sweating at the same time it's a weird amen okay so let's start with uh hebrews 12 we're gonna start with verse 5 through 11 i gave the uh the tape room some of my scriptures in advance so they can throw them on the screen for you if you don't have your bibles but hebrews 12 verse 5 through 11 it says and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children my son Despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and he scourge every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then you are bastards and you are not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and which we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? For they, verily for a few days, chasten us after their own pleasure. But he, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous but grievous nevertheless afterwards it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are exercised thereby so my title for today is going to be called the purpose of correction it's the purpose of correction when we look at this scripture and it says chastening i just want to break a couple things down for the audience's sake But chastening is just another word for correction, right? Scourge is another way of saying to whip or to spank, right? And this is done to everyone that he receives as a son. Scripture then says not to faint when you get rebuked. Don't fall out and quit because you get your feelings hurt. Because it says that if you are without correction, then you a bastard. And a bastard is another way of saying an illegitimate child. If you're a bastard, you're not a son because you can't be both. Next, the scripture says that we had earthly fathers that corrected us and we respected them for it. But then it says, shouldn't we much rather be in obedience to God and live? This is the part that got me. It says, for verily for a few days, they corrected us after their own pleasure. And I can attest that this scripture is true. And if y'all remember, Pastor, from like the late 80s and most of the 90s, you can also attest that this is true. We got beat for his pleasure. <laughs> I mean, he, he did. He beat us to make sure that we understood what was acceptable behavior and what was not. Now, sometimes we got beat just in case we did something that he didn't know about. Right? <laughs> that ain't me, is it? Okay. Correction is not always physical, though right because when we used to like drift off in, in church we used to fall asleep in church he made us stand up and it's emba- it, it was embarrassing it was embarrassing but he got that from sister fern i don't see any her here but he got that from he got that from sister fern because her kids used to sleep and she had him stand up the whole service my dad was like i like that and what did he do josh earl stand y'all butts up All Right, that's what happened is i'm telling y'all y'all had to be there But with all that being said, the scripture then says that God corrects us for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. So this shows us that correction does have a purpose. God wants us to walk right because that gives him glory. People can't see God, but they can see us. And if we're not living right, but we brag about being sons, we give God a bad name. Our representation is flawed. And this is why correction comes. So when the unbeliever sees us, they can see the Christ. Who's in us next that scripture tells us that no correction in the present is ever joyous but is grievous because see God understands it's not going to always feel good but it's necessary because afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness chastisement is not the punishment chastisement is a deterrent it acts as a warning to keep you from the punishment there's a difference Show me somebody who hates correction, and I'm gonna show you a person who's bound for a life of consequences. Chastisement is not condemnation. It's not judgment. Not when you're a son. When you are in grace, when you live the grace life, there is no condemnation. Under the law, your mistakes were punished. Under the law, there was condemnation. Under grace, you're not trying to be righteous. We live holy because we were already made righteous, right? So it's 2024, I'm just going to assume everybody listening has GPS in either your phone or your car. And what is the function of a GPS? It's to show you where to go, to correct your path when you go on a detour. If the GPS tells you that you're 30 minutes out the way, why would you turn off the GPS and keep driving? Or do you turn around and go down the corrected path? See, we would see you driving out the way as foolish. We would see a person turning around as wise. We get that in the natural. So we shouldn't complicate this in the spirit. Correction is to help you when you're going the wrong way. A GPS don't have a bias. It doesn't take sides and it cares not for how you feel because you missed your exit. This is how you know correction is an act of love. If the Lord corrects you, it's to get you back on track. If he didn't care and you're just living the bastard life out here, then you're none of his. You should actually want correction when you're drifting off track because it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. A yellow light is a warning. Ignore it. Run through it and see what consequences wait for you on the other side. And there's a lot of people who lost their life because they didn't heed that warning. We come to church. We clap when... You know, pastor tells us that you know that God has a plan for our lives; that He knows all. You know, we even have certain churches where they'll tell you, "Look, this is who God gonna send for you to marry. This the job you gonna get, the increased funds, the check in the mail." Right? We we love all of that, but then we walk right out of the door and we ignore the very correction of the Lord. And my thing is, if you believe, and you really believe that He knows all, and you know that He has a plan for your life, why would you go the other way? Why would you turn off your GPS? When you turn off your GPS your life is gonna take a hit. You end up off track. You end up dating somebody you weren't supposed to meet. You marry somebody you were never supposed to be your spouse. You end up taking a job in a state you you don't belong in, all because you ignore the correction of the Lord. The correction of the Lord told me to focus on the word, not the woman. I focused on the woman, and my life ended up in shambles, in a blender, because my lack of the word prevented me from recognizing the lack of the word them so I found myself going to places I shouldn't go which caused me to meet people I wasn't supposed to meet which then created an atmosphere of new influences all which took me backwards I created that then when you get to a low point then you ask yourself how did I get here what happened we point the finger at the bad relationship we point the finger at the toxic friends we never take accountability and point the finger at ourselves because it all started to go downhill when we ignored the correction of the Lord. My parents loved me. They corrected my behavior and not because they enjoyed beating me. <laughs> well, I hope they didn't. The way they laughing, I'm going to assume they didn't. But they wanted, to associate correct- with that <clears throat> they wanted to associate that type of correction with my behavior and my bad actions. The reason why is so when I would make that bad mistake again, I would remember what that felt like. I remember that correction. That's what deterred me from repeating that mistake. Because if I continue to walk in error and I continue to do the things that I was told not to do, consequences came. Consequences are always more severe than the correction, but correction only works when you respect the person correcting you. If I don't respect my parents and they chastise me about something, I'm gonna repeat that behavior. I could say the love is there but when you go against correction the respect is not when you ignore the voice of the Lord when you go against his correction you're showing how little you have respect for him now you could tell us all day about how much you love you some God if you don't respect him if you don't reverence him if you don't honor him your life is going to show it because it's going to be full of compromises full of consequences regrets and full of error. The thing is, if you continue to ignore the voice of the Lord and you continue to go the wrong way and you insist on walking in error. Willingly, the Bible says that he'll just give you over to a reprobate mind. The two lifestyles, they don't mix. They don't go together. You can't truly love somebody you don't respect. So true story. Excuse me. When I was about 16. (laughs) Oh, man, this is hard. Okay, When I was about 16. My dad got me in my first car. And my instructions were to drive to school, drive home. That's it. Go to school. (laughs) Go home. That's it. Question for the audience. Do y'all think I detoured from that? (laughs) Wow. Y'all have such little faith in me. No, I detoured like a (laughs) bug. I went to school. I came home. I just made these little pit stops every once every blue moon, right? But it was still disobedience and I understand that. Anyway, one day my dad gave me a bit more of a leash. You can go out, but you got to be home by 10. Not 10:01. 10. Failure to comply came with consequences. Now I'm, I'm going to give you another chance. Y'all think I got home by 10? Door of faith, come on now. Nah, I was late like mugs. <laughs> Let me tell you. He would lock the screen door. I don't have a key to the main, I don't have a key to the screen, I had a key to the main door. So he would lock the screen door. I would show up. Hey, hey, my key don't work. He'd roll up his sleeve, look at his watch. You know what time it is, brother? I'm like, it's just 1003. And then he wanna do math. Brother, the 10.03 come before? or after 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's provoking me to wrath. Like, I can't tell you how many times I slept in my car, okay? (laughs) These ain't jokes. (laughs) My dad was not going to open that door, right? Man of standard. At that time, though, we lived down the street from uh, Gary and Craig's auntie, right? So, they would be driving by and they would just see me in my car, And as being petty as they are, they would knock on the glass to wake me up just to get my attention, laugh, and then walk home. Yeah. To this day, they still bring that story up. Covered in the spirit of petty. But on this occasion, the one that I'm referring to, my dad actually did let me in the house. But that was just phase one of his correction. Because he realized that spanking me or scourging me it wasn't going to work or be as effective because I was getting older, I was getting bigger I was growing more tolerant to previous methods of chastening so I would get up the next morning he wasn't home now I'm getting dressed, step out probably meet some chicken hair girl and then I realized that my dad was playing chess while I was playing checkers do you know this man took the plates off my car? (laughs) No communication, no request for my keys, no argument, no fuss, no fight. He took them boys off and dipped into the night. Now I can't even leave the house now. I could drive if I want to, but I will go to jail because I ain't got no plates on my car. Can't even argue with him about it. You know why? Because I knew why he did it. I felt that correction. I said I felt that correction bringing that memory up right now I still feel it like it was yesterday (laughs) but why do you think he did it that way he didn't do it to spite me he didn't do it to be petty he did it because he loved me if he didn't care he would let me do whatever I wanted to do he would let me live recklessly without protection and he would let me fail love says I can't let you fail love says I know these where these patterns lead and then one detour becomes two two detours become three and you lose your way and you can't find your way back on track but this is where the word comes in it's like a beacon it's like a light at the top of the hill so all of us who get lost at sea we can find our way back you still want to ignore that lighthouse you want to just drift off into darkness you have the free will to do so because we don't tell you what to do but you can't call yourself a child of God or a child of the light when you choose to live in darkness and you know what another definition for the word darkness is? It's ignorance. When you walk in darkness, you walk in ignorance. This is why you must walk in the light. Because he's in the light. And you know another word for light? It's truth. You know, one of the wisest men in the Bible was Solomon. And Solomon could have asked God for anything in the world that he wanted. You know what he asked for? Wisdom. Solomon wrote most of the book of Proverbs. So I want to go to Proverbs 3, verse 11. And I'm going to read down to verse 13. I gave him the scripture, so it should be on the screen in a sec if you don't have your Bibles. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Didn't we just read this in Hebrews? My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he chases even as a father and the son in whom he delighted so you can delight me and still whoop me yes happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man get his understanding flip over to proverbs 4 we're going to read verse 5 through 7 get wisdom get understanding forget it not neither decline from the words of my mouth forsake her not And she shall preserve thee, love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get what? Understanding. Understanding. So why is correction necessary? What exactly are we being corrected towards? Correction comes that we may be partakers of holiness. But what does that mean? It means walking right. Or living right and this doesn't say that you should live right so you could be made holy this is saying you live right because you are holy which is summed up in one word representation how you live how you act where you go what you do it matters when you're in Christ your standard of living it has to change we mess this up because we feel like you're not supposed to make mistakes You're not supposed to have fun or do anything. Then we take that perspective and use it as a weapon on everybody else. The greatest thing you can do as a believer is to love. You want to be Christ-like? Learn how to love. A lot of correction, it comes our way to teach us how to love. But some of us, we ignore this lesson, so we keep going in circles. How many times are you going to bump your head before you learn to listen? How far off track do you need to go? before you realize you were wrong. Everyone didn't make the choice to live for the Lord. So they're not obligated to live righteously. If you choose to live for the Lord, then you're also accepting the responsibility of living right. Living right is not for you. It's for everyone else around you to see Christ. That light on the inside, it's not for you. It's for those around you to find Christ. What is for you is that correction that correction keeps you upright so you don't go astray so you can keep doing what you're supposed to be doing so the people that need to find christ can find him the closest that some people will ever get to god is through you so are you representing him like you should that's just think on that when you live right you don't even have to explain yourself because your lifestyle will do the talking true story these are tough stories man i don't know why i put this in here so You know about me being locked out the house, sleeping in my car. You know about my dad taking the plates off my car to keep me from driving it. And all of that worked. Every lesson that he was trying to teach me in that regard, it paid off. That wasn't something that I continued to struggle with because I didn't want to lose the benefits of keeping and driving my car. However, there were another set of bad habits that my parents didn't know about. Now remember, (laughs) see, I'll be making it worse. Remember, I'm in the Word on a regular basis, right? Especially in the crump house, right? You get the Word before you eat, you get the Word as you eat, and you get the Word after you watch it all down, all right? That's the crump house. But when my parents corrected me, it was always over the air that they could see. They can't address what they're not aware of. So God stepped in. God exposed me. Because remember, correction is to make us partakers in holiness. I wasn't supposed to live right to be made righteous. I was supposed to live right because I was righteous. So God exposed me. Now here I am in my car driving to the church. And I was listening to some music. I turned the music off because I'm in the church. You know, you get in the church parking lot, you just got to have that respect for, you know, that that false sense of respect, right? I turned my music off my dad heard it because he was coming outside my dad gets in my car he's like all right brother what you listening to (laughs) he turns it on he was not having it all right so he ejected the cassette now for those of you that are born millennial gen z a cassette is the square cartridge with film in it and it records sound waves vibes It prints the sound on these little strips, uh, whatever the science is, and you put it into a cassette player, and it plays. They come as small as Walkmans, that you can walk in, run around in. They come as big as boomboxes, okay? They're outdated. If you happen to see one, keep it. Anyway, so my dad pops out the cassette. (laughs) That's why you're laughing. As mad as he was, nothing made him more mad than to see that the music that I was listening to was recorded over one of his Sunday messages. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> he walked into my mom's office and was just steaming. I mean, he was steaming, right? Just a bull. He said, steam. Your son has lost it. Did you know what he did? My mom was on her computer. You know, she didn't know what was going on. What did he do, pastor? You know, she didn't care. My dad was like, He grabbed a little portable, like we explained, a little portable stereo, and he put the cassette in, and he hit play. What did he hear? DMX. (laughs) Rapping about taking your girl and taking your life. Now, I'm already dead at this point. Ain't no no other way to say it, right? (laughs) This story don't get any better, I promise. Thing about a cassette tape, you can flip it over. And back then, pastor would preach long enough to where the tape, We'll flip over, and there's more word on the other side. Not on this tape. This tape has something else on the other side. He takes the tape out, flips it over, puts it back in, press play, hoping that maybe I'm being deceptive. Maybe I got the word on one side, the devil on the other side. He turned that tape over and pressed play. You know what was on it? It was Jaru yelling, We murderers. I don't even need to finish this story. I'm sure you could put two or two together about how my life collapsed after that moment. But there is a lesson to be made in all of this. You, all of this, okay? I wasn't, it wasn't so much that I was listening to secular music. It was, it was just more that I was comfortable recording over the word to do it. I was, without realizing it, I was being desensitized to the voice of the Lord. So the Lord stepped in. Did correction feel good? Not that day. It did not. But also like we read in Hebrews 12, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness. I didn't truly understand godly representation at that time. I didn't understand why my choice in music was a big deal. I didn't understand why my parents were so livid about it. When they were my age, they had secular artists that they liked, right? Them old ones, them old, old ones. Just on the docket of, bay. we heard him singing about that in service. So it couldn't have been that. It had to be something else, right? They were able to see things from a godly perspective that I wasn't able to comprehend yet. They knew the power of influence. And they knew how the flesh would prevent me from hearing the voice of God. They understood that the music that I was listening to, I was just feeding my flesh and I was making my flesh stronger. So the word that I was supposed to be listening to to make my spirit stronger, I just deleted it and recorded over it. I didn't value the word, so I needed correction. And when I look back at the type of stuff that I listened to, I started to see a pattern. Love songs talking about taking your girl, fun songs about dancing all night, making love behind hey man's back all this foolishness but just like with the word when you constantly feed yourself that type of content those seeds take root in your heart we come to service to hear what god has to say so we can make life changes Amen. but then we go out and listen to another voice because it's what we like and we never consider if one has an adverse effect on the other it does it does my dad made a reference a few weeks ago in service about rat poisoning. And he said that rat poison is food with a little bit of poison in it. But that one little percentage is deadly enough. That rat is going to die. It's not going to be right away. It's a slow, slow death. We've grown so far from not hearing God's voice anymore that we don't reverence his presence in our lives, which is why we make excuses for ignoring our GPS. Well, Brother Earl, it don't bother me like that. You know, maybe this horror movie wasn't all that scary. The music I was listening to, just to just play in the background. It don't have power over me. I used to say the same stuff. Because you know who else talks like that? Addicts. Most addicts won't even admit they're addicted. Watch somebody being weaned off a drug that they've been addicted to. They'll go through so many different stages from denial to rage to exhaustion. Because getting clean is not easy. They'll sweat, they'll be twitching, and they'll be like, Oh, I'm okay. You not okay we looking at you you're not okay so why are you in denial when you are a believer and ungodly behavior doesn't bother you you're in denial god sees this and because he loves you he's going to correct you and when he does regardless of what form that correction takes do not despise the chastening of the lord proverbs 9 verse 8 through 10 proverbs 9 verse 8 through 10 it says reprove not a scorner lest he hate thee rebuke a wise man and he's gonna love you so there's a there's a difference here when you talk to people about correction if and this a lot of it happens with church hurt if somebody gets corrected they first instinct is i'm out of here i ain't trying i'm gone you're going to lead a word because you don't like correction the bible just says right here that if you were you know when you approve a scorner he's going to hate you but if you were wise man hey brother that wasn't right hey sister that was wrong a wise person would be like you know what that is my fault let me go fix that let me go make that right because correction is saying let me get back on track I was off I was you know what I might be frustrated in that moment maybe I don't like being addressed but it ain't about me it's about the bigger picture What can we all do for this ministry to make this ministry great? I may have to swallow my pride. And that might not feel good in the moment. But it's necessary. Because if you give instructions to a wise man, he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man. He will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The fear... The Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, this is not a spooky, scary kind of fear. This is respect. This is reverence, right? Because remember, you can't truly love somebody you don't respect. When you fear the Lord, you respect the Lord. And there are just certain things you just don't want to do. But when you have a full understanding of who the Lord is, what grieves him, what doesn't, it changes the way you think. It changes the way you move. It changes your decisions and your choices. And when you live right, when you walk right, you don't need correction. You don't need a GPS when you're going the right way. When you live right, you walk in love. So no one has to tell you or force you to do it. When you are in sync with Christ, when you put on the mind of Christ, when you walk in the light, as He is in the light, you're not at risk of a detour. I didn't learn that growing up. I learned it eventually, but it required some correction on my part but i got there will you have trying seasons absolutely but correction is not the same as consequences correction is the deterrent to avoid those consequences correction is an act of love for whom the lord loveth he chastens so do not despise the chastening of the lord don't reject his love now that i'm grown married with kids i'm able to look back and i'm i'm able to see some of the choices that i made from a bird's eye view when we were over at the old church there was a time where my dad was younger than i am right now and when you just kind of look back at that it's crazy it's like man i'm older than he is in this video right now and when when i was a child around that time i think about how i saw life and the stuff that i thought mattered only to realize two things one I had it wrong because i didn't understand what life was about not for real and number two that my parents did what they did because they loved me i couldn't see it back then but now i have kids one kid thinks she got superpowers and the other one bites me now but i'm able to enjoy that life i have right now because of the correction of the lord my dad told me a few years ago and i will never forget this he said that when god has his hands on a situation it's going to prosper When it moves, you need to move with it. If you stay in a place where it was, you'll dry up. True story. I was in St. Louis. I worked third shift. And my job was easy. I think I ministered once, and I think I've referenced that before. All I did was I put a part in place, hit a button, and I would just sit for a few minutes, right? And the van body shop where I was at, it was amazing. So I told my dad that I didn't even know that job was back there they had me on the hardest job on the body shop and I was on day shift working the hardest job I possibly ever had in my life. So I'm like, I'm tired of this job. I'm going to third shift. I put in for third shift. They come get me and put me on the same job. I was just on on day shift. I'm like, come on, God, what I do? Little did I know somebody else left nights to come to day shift. So it was, a, it was supposed to be a one-for-one one swap, is what they called it. I was supposed to head to that job, but nobody told me. until so the committee man came and found me, and then he told me. He said, what you doing over here? I was like, the boss told me to just report here. He was like, man, you ain't supposed to be over here. You're supposed to be over here in Van Body Shop. So I was like, I don't know what I said. Hopped on his cart. He took me over there, right? Learned the job in like five minutes, and I was on that job for years, right? That was God having his hand over my life. Stuff that I didn't see. I couldn't say, oh, I put in, I I got that job. I didn't do nothing. I didn't know that job was there, right? I got married, God's hand over my life. I ended up having babies, also God's hand over my life. And all these doors started opening up for me, but then there was a shift. A transfer to Michigan was available. I applied for it, but they said that all the spots had been filled and i had to wait to the next round but it was when they told me i had already canceled my lease we put our stuff in storage because i was like oh we're going we're gonna make this work and it didn't and it put me in a very complicated position i ended up having to find another apartment that was twice the cost of what i was already paying on top of that i just had another baby and my daughter no longer gets a bus to go to school, so now we have to drive her to school. But remember, I'm on third shift. I don't get up till 6.30 in the morning. I gotta get off work, drive through rush hour traffic to come get her, then take her all the way to school, and then come back and get rest. But the babies are up. You know, they up doing what babies do. So it becomes one of those things where you find yourself frustrated. Then I gotta pay extra money on, on the rent, and I'm just like, something's messed up right then on my job it had gotten so bad to where they were slow on parts they were loaning us out of our department to send us to general assembly just because we're like we're not running we're shutting the body shop down we're just going to send y'all out to ga that ain't never really happened so fast forward a few months god finally opened the door for us to leave we get here to michigan and this plant here was working 12 hours 12 hours a day right? I was only getting about nine in Missouri. Then the strike happened. You know who went on strike first? The Missouri plant. They were off the whole strike. You know what strike pay is? It's like three to five hundred dollars a week. I had just had a baby. I was paying twice for my rent that I didn't have to pay. I wasn't supposed to be paying. That was supposed to be me. But God, right? And then not only... No, thank you. So not only did we end up, let me see and make sure I don't wanna skip nothing. Okay, so not only did we move back and have more job security, the plant here, we never went on strike. We worked straight through with no stoppage, right? Again, but God. Then we ended up getting a brand new home, five bedroom with no previous owners, but God. Now the plant in Missouri, they got the contract signing, right? When, the, when we finally uh, ratified the contract, then all of a sudden GM had to lay off the third shift. Van body shop. They're not gonna be going back to work until maybe mid to late March. Yeah, here I am, blessed, never missed a paycheck, never had to struggle, never had to end up with my family on the streets. But God. But here's the thing. Did he bless me in Missouri? Yes. Was I supposed to be there? Maybe. I don't know. I chose to be there, but his hand was still there. His provisions were there. And when he moved, it was time for me to move. But how did I know that it was time to move? Things started to line up perfectly for me to leave. My transfer didn't even come in until after my oldest daughter finished school. That timing was too perfect. Me and my wife had arguments trying to decide how we was going to do this. She was initially saying, well, if your job calls you later in the year and you only want to do a short-term lease on this apartment since we was paying so much, what if she went to Michigan to, you know, to get them started? But that would mean Sarah would have to transfer schools at the, towards the end of the year. It was a mess. I would be having to spend a few months away from my wife and new baby which was an inconvenience. Then it became, if I got transferred in time, and Sarah's not done with school yet, and she couldn't transfer, again, I'm here, my wife and kids in Missouri, inconvenience. When did the transfer happen? After she finished school. Smooth transition. I I couldn't have planned that perfect if I wanted to. I can't doubt that, the timing was too perfect. It was God so when i'm out of line when i'm experiencing his correction good correct me because i don't ever want to go so far off track that my life puts me in a place i don't belong <clears throat> sometimes you just have to have a Psalm 51 10 attitude Create in me a clear heart O oh god and renew a right spirit within me fix me <laughs> break me down to the thorax if you have to but allow me to hear you when you speak Because you want to be able to hear when he moves. You want to be able to be sensitive to know when it's time to make that move. You have to change what you absorb. You have to change what you absorb. A radio can't tune into AM and FM stations at the same time. You've got to make a choice. The spirit needs the word to be effective. The flesh needs everything else to remain a distraction. Your spirit resonates with God. That's how you know when it's time to move. That's how you know to say yes to that job. Or to say no to that proposal, no to that marriage. The Holy Spirit in you is going to guide you. But you've got to be able to hear his voice. So who speaks the loudest inside of you? Who gets the most attention within you? Most of us, we're in a bad spot because we stayed where we last remember God being. And the flesh won't even allow you to see that God was within you the whole time. You can't hear the Spirit because you keep giving your flesh all the power. You keep giving your flesh all the fuel. You're fueling your own demise. And the spirit is right there waiting to help you. It's not too late. Right? Because that's what grace is all about. Just ask the Holy Spirit, hey, change my station so I can pick up your voice. Renew that right spirit within me. Yeah? Show me, on me, show me where I need to go on my GPS and I'm going to follow. Because don't you know he's faithful and he'll do it. And when he does, don't leave. When he corrects you, don't walk away. Don't be offended and quit because correction is a sign that he loves you. It's a sign that you're off track, but you already knew that. So let's grow from our mistakes and be the person that God called us to be. Now, we know that correction is a form of love, but correction also causes us to love. The Bible says that we are to walk in love. But if you detour from that, correction comes to guide you back on track. What track? Walking in love because love matters you'll never be the best excuse me at what God called give me five seconds I'm just glad it ain't that hot tea this time I had one of them throat lozenges I was like "Ooh, throat dry let me try that it kicks in late it's in my throat doing this like the little amoebas that go down okay but you'll never be the best of what God called you to be if you don't learn to love you can't be at church every Sunday you can lay your hands on yourself and be slain in the spirit all service if you don't love it don't matter remember christian living is about representation if you walk right people will be able to see god through you if you don't love everything else you do at church is for show first corinthians 13 and we're gonna read starting at verse 1 first corinthians 13 we're gonna start at verse 1 If I have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. It's not easily provoked. It thinketh no evil. Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Beareth all things believeth all things hopeth all things and endureth all things the part of the scripture that takes me back to my spiritual drawing board was that love is not easily provoked and that it thinketh no evil it beareth all things it endures all things and every time i read that scripture those are the ones that come to pop out and slap me in the diaphragm right because if you walk in love if you walk right why are you so easily offended true story i know y'all like another one true story i was driving home from work one day and this fleet van it tried to bogart me to get into the lane now if you know me ain't nobody bogarting the kid it's i don't play that all right you can use a blinker i'll let you over if you use your blinker but you're not gonna just force your way into my lane like i don't do that like am i supposed to just be all meek and humble and just let you bogart me and cut me off god forbid so i got petty i did and i got petty i sped up i ain't blink i ain't even look over there i just sped up right he proceeded to still merge anyway we're just gonna have to be an accident today because he gonna learn today then the holy spirit convicted me like yeah you can stand your ground you might even win the insurance claim against whatever company they represent But are you at peace with knowing that the accident could cause harm to them or whoever else is in that car? Are you at peace with later finding out that it might have all just been a misunderstanding? That maybe that driver was just old and had a moment of poor judgment, but maybe struggling to be relevant on their job, so they pushing through it? You don't know what people are going through. Only that they made me feel some kind of way. Now, I ain't have all the details, and I also didn't care. But to make matters worse, Traffic on both sides of my... On the, uh, traffic on the both on my left were clear. Ain't nobody coming. I could have easily just merged over, sped up, and just drove by my way. But I had to make a statement. <laughs> I am not the one today, player. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost was like, that's foolishness. I got a wife and kids at home. I'm going to inconvenience their life or the life of somebody else over something so small and petty. What's truly keeping me from walking in love in this moment? It's nothing but pride. Ain't nobody in the car but me. That's all it was, pride. I'm not no pushover. I stand my ground. All that's fine. But sometimes you got to realize that love is not easily offended. Love doesn't look for evil to happen to somebody else. I wish they would come over into my lane. Christians. When I drove off, I just drove off, right? I was like, you know what? The Lord is right. This you know, I'm in prior right now. I just drive off. Speed up down seventy five. They ended up driving up next to me a few miles later. So I had a good look. And I my intentions weren't bad at this point, but you know how you looked at the rearview mirror like, who was this fool riding up on me? You know? It was an older woman. It wasn't even a man. She was old, old, right? Like 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 oh oh right driving and i'm so glad that i took heed to the correction of the lord because i could have walked in pride and them consequences would have been right there smiling at me see correction won't always be physical correction looks different to different people but you gotta know when it's god when it happens don't despise it don't shake it off and continue to go down your own path of the detour proverbs 3 Verse 5 through 7 says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Me being obedient to the Lord even in those tiny moments when nobody's watching. Number one, it builds character. But number two, it's health to my bones. I could have been, and the accident probably could have been way more severe than it needed to be. And you know what? It would have been my fault. It would have been my fault. I'm a married man now. But had I ignored the correction of the Lord, had I not listened to the, the wisdom of my parents, I would be in a whole different position in my life right now. And most of the lessons that I learned, they came through the correction that I had to endure. However, There were times when I ran head first into the consequences. And when I say I suffered, I suffered. Y'all don't hear me. I suffered. I got the old man in jail, boy, I suffered. I went through some things, I'm telling y'all. Only reason why I ain't crying because I kind of pre-got this together ahead of time. But God still gets the glory. Now, the lesson that I learned that helped me to be a better father, a better husband, um, all of this was pretty much in the door for me, but I couldn't get through it to see any of the things that I have right now if I wasn't ready for it, all right? And correction makes you ready. It makes you ready to be able to go to the next level. You think God is going to give me a wife to mess over? You think he was going to honor her prayers? A woman that's truly seeking God's face, take her heart, connect it to mine, knowing I was for the streets, knowing I wasn't going to take heed to counsel, I wasn't going to pursue wisdom or listen to instruction god forbid because god is a good god god may have had her waiting for me but if i'm gonna continue to walk in darkness ignore the lighthouse remain at sea god gonna give her to somebody else and that's on me and i'm gonna know it too i'm gonna know i was supposed to be with that person and i blew it because i didn't want to listen to the correction of the lord he's faithful he keeps his word but make no mistake life will go on without you If I want to claim Christ and live the bastard life, that's on me too. But how can I reach my potential? Reach the destination that God set for me if I turned off my GPS because I want to be right in my own eyes. And real talk, I couldn't stand it when I would hear God's voice in my head sometimes because it it was like these conflicting moments where he would speak to me and it was frustrating because it sounded like my dad. (laughs) I used to hate that. Like, could you imagine having a GPS system and it's your dad? <laughs> I'm like, of all the trillions of people in this world, of all the people you could have snatched a voice from, why you got to use my dad's voice, man? But I respected my parents, right? And I'm glad they didn't let me do what I wanted to do or mess my life up while I was still young. Because it would have been some messed up times of my life, right? But then I would hear my dad's voice. See, that's your problem, brother you're hard-headed take that girl home open her car door and delete her number now I know that's not my dad but it sounds like something that he would say so now I'm getting correction from somebody who ain't even there because it's not always physical spiritual so in those moments when they came where I had an issue with my parents that would sometimes affect my willingness to listen to God because now it's like I'm upset with my family I'm hearing god's voice who sounds like my dad sometimes i don't want to listen to god now then it becomes you know better than this you know his voice so now i gotta humbly submit to this voice which means i gotta make peace with my parents it's a cycle of walking right nobody gotta run behind me and tell me hey you know you, you, you need you need to change that the lord will correct you when you say you live for him He's going to intervene. He's not going to let you get too far for you to be too far gone. Again, I'm just sharing some of my journey. If it helps you, God bless. If it don't, God bless you too. I know I had a few true story moments. right? And it's just just growing up in Pastor's House. We got whooped a lot. So I could spend a whole hour telling you about creative ways that we got beat. And as funny as that may be, I learned a lot of valuable lessons from a lot of those moments. Hardly any of these lessons that I had to learn were mo- things that I've learned in that moment. They all took root. They resonated, but they didn't spring up like an older. Proverbs 22 in verse 6, it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. <clears throat> I'm a living witness that this scripture is fact. My parents raised me in the church, but it wasn't being raised in the church that guided me. There's a lot of people who grow up in church and they are worse people than the ones in the world. My parents didn't correct me out of anger and frustration. They did it to align me to a path I was supposed to take. Let me explain that. It's kind of like they programmed my GPS when I was a kid, no car no job, but when the time came for me to start driving my GPS already had the directions for me to follow. It was still up to me to follow it, but it was instilled in my younger years. So now I'm equipped to make sure that my children grow up in the Lord. Now will they make mistakes? Yes. Will they test my patience? Yes. Will I have to put foot to butt every now and then? Yes. But I've learned from my upbringing about the power of correction. Presetting their GPS in Christ and trusting that when it's time for them to start driving, the program will do the rest. Because we serve a good God and my God doesn't make mistakes. And as long as you embrace correction, as long as you walk in love and you walk in grace, you'll end up exactly where you're supposed to be. I hope this message was a blessing to at least one person but my time is up and I appreciate yours.